do the Sicha Aleph in Chelik Ches for Parshas Koirach. And here the Rebbe takes a regular Medrash, uh, which elaborates about the Machloikis of Koirach and the various different arguments that he posed. You know, he said about Tzitzis, he said about Sefer Torah, like he questioned the various halacha. And in the and the Pashat way we understand it is that he was uh, trying to prove something to Moshe Rabbeinu from the other halacha, and that's where you learn the Bepashtus. But the Rebbe says, according to a previous in the way the Rebbe explains it, these are actually three different arguments uh, that Korach had. Uh, Korach generally was opposed to Moshe Rabbeinu being a Baal Machloikis, but then his three specific arguments were uh, against um, against Aaron, Aaron being a Kohen Godel, against the Mezuzah, against uh, against Tchelis, uh, against the Tzitzis. He, um, he had specific arguments against each one of these things, and, and the Rebbe also brings down, that's hinted in his name, Korach, Kufresh Ches. The normal letter, the way it should be, it should be a hey. And the Kuf and the Resh and the Ches, they deviate from the hey. Kuf has a very long left leg, the Resh has no leg at all, and the Ches is connected. And the Rebbe explains how these three things are actually connected to the Machlokas um, of Korach and the three different things in the word. Uh, in the in Aaron, uh, which is the Kahuna, and Mezuzah and uh, Techelis. Um, uh, the Rebbe also said this is also hinted in the word Emes. The word Emes is Aaron, Mezuzah, and Techelis. And that's, he says, Moshe Emes, later on, uh, the Bnei Koirach, when they did Shuvah, so they agreed that Moshe is Emes. So this is all the explanation of the Rebbe. But let's turn to Sikha inside. First, the Rebbe takes the simple meaning of the Medrash. State the Medrash states the Medrash that as how did he start off his argument by asking Moshe question was a talis which is entirely made out of this tchelis wool painted wool that was painted with the color of tchelis the sky blue kind of color, Mahu should Would it still need tzitzis? Tzitzis are strands, and the Torah says that on the tzitzis hakonov you pay, place also a pesil techelis. You also put a strand of techelis to make on the tzitzis. Nowadays we don't have the strand of the techelis, but when they had it, there's the mitzvah still of tzitzis without the techelis as well. But there's a mitzvah to put a strand of tchelis. Some people say you have tchelis, but it's usually it's accepted that the chilozin, that's the kind of a worm or fish that you get the blood, the color, the proper color tchelis is no longer available, or we don't know exactly what it is. But whatever the case is, we don't have tchelis today, but there's still, but his argument was, if it has tchelis, uh, if the whole baguette, the whole garment is made out of tchelis, do you still need tzitzis? And the Moshe to me answered, Chayeves b'tzitzis. So Moshe said, yeah, you have to still need tzitzis. So Tkoyrach, so what is Tkoyrach's argument? He says, no, how could it be? So his first argument to Moshe was, if the talis is entirely made of techeles, it cannot exempt itself. So if you have only, if you have four strands, the Rebbe learns the four strands over here mean the regular tzitzis, or the four strands could mean possibly the tchelis in each one of them. Uh, the Rebbe proves exactly what it means in the, um, in, in the medrash over there. Uh, but e- either way, uh, uh, the, the Rebbe has a discussion in the footnotes over here. But he says that if you have a four... Uh, Tzitzis can exempt a talus which is entirely with chelis. So, uh, why wouldn't a why wouldn't a talus which is entirely with chelis? Why wouldn't it 
exempt itself. Okay, that was his argument. So, and further, so Moshe Rabbeinu, of course, answered him that you still chive in tzitzis. So, afterwards, he asked another question. And by the way, Koyrach was a big time of He was a very learned person. He was very wealthy and learned. So, he said, he was very religious too. So he said, what happens if you have a house full with Sefer Torahs? You have a whole house full with Sefer Torahs. Do you still need a mezuzah? So what did Moshe answer? So Moshe said, no, chayi mezuzah. But Tzitzis, Moshe Rabbeinu said, chayi mezuzah, he says, how could it be? They challenged it. By mezuzah, he said, you chayi mezuzah. So Chayrach said, the Torah has 278 portions in it. Parts, portions of the Torah, 285, 275, and uh, yet, uh, we say that you're saying that it's not going to exempt the house, the house still needs a mezuzah. The mezuzah is only one parsha. How could one parsha really uh, how could one parsha really exempt the house? So he challenged them. He says, how could a, t- a garment of tchelis not exempt from mezuzah? How could a house full with svarim not, I mean, how could a talis uh, full with tchelis not exempt from tzitzis? How could a house full with svarim not exempt from mezuzah? So he challenged it. He says it's impossible. So what did he conclude? He said, well, these things you have not been instructed, you are making this stuff up. doesn't make sense what you're saying. He says, You're just making it up, you're just making up stories. So therefore, and then he went on to argue further on the level of art. So, the Mepharshim learned that he was trying to make a point with these arguments. In other words, he didn't argue on mezuzah, he didn't argue on tzitzis, he didn't argue on them. He really argued on Aaron. that's what he was arguing. He was arguing that Moshe Rabbein reported Aaron a Kohen Godel. But because he wanted to prove Moshe wrong, that what Moshe Rabbein did wrong, so he brought examples. So that's how the Mephorshim explained. But the Rebbe says no. The Rebbe says those were actually Machloikism that he objected to them. But first, the Rebbe brings down the commentaries, what they say. What do the commentaries explain? So the Mephorshim explain uh, the Gurariye that Koyrach was convinced, he was certain that if you have a talus which is entirely made out of techelis, it would be exempt from tzitzis. He was entirely convinced if you have a house which has safer Torahs, then you'll be potter from mezuzah. He was so certain that he thought that he's going to challenge Moshe, and when he's going to ask these two questions, and Moshe Rabbeinu is going to answer to him, he had in mind that they're going to be potter. What would be his argument? His argument is going to be, just like a talus which is made only out of techelis doesn't need tzitzis, and a house which is full of svarim does not need a mezuzah because the talus itself is tchelis, contains tchelis. The house itself contains, has in it the portion of mezuzah within the Sefer Torah. There is that portion of mezuzah too. And he was going to say to Moshe, same thing is true. Since we're all holy, so they don't need to come on to the holiness of Adam. And therefore, their argument is going to be, Madua Hashem. Why should you raise yourself over the community of Hashem? That's the way the Mephorshim explained that this was an introduction to his argument that he thought that Moshe Rabbeinu was going to answer him that he was correct and then he would argue against Moshe Rabbeinu. But the Rebbe has several uh, challenges to that. Um, and we'll see, the Rebbe in the Aris brings down a few challenges also, but in the Sikha itself, the Rebbe brings down, it's not understood. Okay, so now since 
that both of them are making the same point, right? What is the point of a talus that is old chelus? And then the point of a house is uh, full of svarim is the same logic. So why does he um, go and give the second argument? So Korach heard Moshe's answer that a talus is chayiv in tzitzis. He told him that. So why is he going to ask again a bias molish svarim? Okay, you either agree or you disagree, but you ask the question. So, the point here is, if it's only coming to prove to Koyrach, if Koyrach is trying to prove to Moshe from these halachas, he wouldn't have to ask him by the second halacha since it makes the same point. So, but the Rebbe says no. So what we know from this is that there is actually a more logical conclusion that a house which is filled with svarim that it should be potter from tcheles that's why even after he was told that the tcheles that would not exempt you from tzitzes he still believed that a bayis moli svarim would still exempt you from mezuzah why? So that's the Rebbe's explanation. To begin with, he didn't want to ask from a bayis molish svarim. Even though it's more obvious from there. Because his argument that he had maduat uh, nasu is really from the talus. The whole concept of the talus. The Rebbe will bring in the pnimius what a talus and tzitzis does. So there, we're going to see that his talus was his main issue. As Rebbe will explain, talus is the level of makif. That is the level of mitzvahs. Tzitzis uh, are the level of pnimi, that's the level of Torah. He thought that the people that do mitzvahs don't need Torah. So his proof was from the talis and the tzitzis that when you have people that are like talisim, you have people that are doing mitzvahs, they don't need to come on to the tzitzis. That's why he brought that as an example. But the reason why a bias is exempt from uh, his argument, is, yes, it should be exempt from mezuzahs, but that has to do within the um, the pandemic itself, as the Rebbe will explain later on. But the bottom line is, the Rebbe is changing the idea that these were only to prove to uh, Moshe. Kodesh was trying to prove to Moshe. No, he was actually disagreeing on each one of them and on Aaron, and he was just fighting over various different matters, as the Rebbe will explain. So, the Rebbe brings it down, but when es farshtein bahagdim sipur chazam. So the Rebbe says, we'll understand this by first bringing us the story of our chazal in the Medrash Agoda. Uh, uh, in, in, in the Medrash over here. Um, and then it says like this that as Adas Koirach, this was the group of Koirach, later on they admitted. And how did they admit? What did they say when they admitted? They didn't just say that Aaron is a Koir. They said Moshe Emes. They said Moshe is true. The Teirosa Emes, the Moshe's teaching is true. We weren't really talking about Moshe over here. Yes. Eventually they came to the, to the argument that Moshe Rabbeinu are making up this stuff. But that's not what they were bothered by. As you read the simple meaning of the verses, so what was the disagreement from Korach and his community? Even though they also disagreed on Moshe, but mainly it was against Ari, not on Moshe. That's why when they said, 
so madua tisnasu al Hashem. Why do you raise yourself over Hashem's community? So Moshe told them that all of them, including Aaron, shall bring the Ketoris, and that way you will see, as the Apostle says, that the one Hashem chooses, chooses that will be the Holy One, that Aaron is the Kohen God. So he answered him because it seems that was his main crux of his issue. So, why are they saying Moshe Ames Vetorosa Ames? There's really, she talk about that the Aaron is the Koyim. Also, later on in the Sedra, to the continuous evaluation after the Machlokas of Koyrach, which are all included in the portion of Koyrach, have everything has to do with the Aaron's Kahuna. The idea that Porach Mata Aaron, that his staff blossomed. The instruction that the Kohanim Bnei Aaron must watch that no other stranger, non-Kohen, shall not uh, enter into the Beis Hamikdash. The instruction about the Matmas Kahuna, the gifts of the Kahuna. So it's not understood since the main Machloikas from Korach's community was an Aaron. How come when they're saying Teshuva, it also includes Moshe Emes? They're not only saying they didn't, they didn't have anything to do with Moshe really. Okay, they said that Moshe is making it up. But why would they say Moshe and the Rebbe is going to explain that there's really Koirach uh, in essence is an opposition to Moshe Rabbeinu whose idea is Sholem and Koirach is Machloikis. Koirach's Machloikis descends into the level of Aaron, Mezuzah, Tzitzis, that's what it comes down to. But inherently, he is a Machlokis person. That inherent Machlokis person is inherently against Moshe Rabbeinu, because Moshe Rabbeinu is a Shalom person. Moshe Rabbeinu is a person who brings the Torah, and the Torah was given to bring Shalom. The Rebbe is basically saying, if they challenge Moshe Rabbeinu's instruction, they say, Veterosemus. But the fact they said Moshe Amos means that they challenged Moshe too, and that is because they were, essentially, they were Baal Machloikis, as the Rebbe will explain. The Rebbe will prove this point from another seemingly surprising statement in the Gemara. The Gemara says Machloikis is prohibited, fighting is prohibited, because of this Pasuk over here. Uh, so, uh, any fight, it seems, Anybody has a fight is violates a law. We're not allowed to fight. But in this Pasik, they didn't just fight. They were just fighting. They weren't just quarreling. They were fighting about whether Moshe is correct or not. How could we learn from all the mitzvahs? The Rebbe says like this. There's a greater surprise with regards to the Machlokas Kodach and his community because the Gemara says that anybody who supports Machlokas is violating a law because it says in the Pasik, not to be like Korach and his community. But it would seem that the sin of Korach and his community consisted that they disagreed on Aaron. It wasn't just that they were machloikas. They were fighting against the truthfulness of Moshe. So we understand that one who fights, the Torah is telling you, don't be like Korach to fight against Moshe's truthfulness. But how could we learn from this that anybody who is ever going to uh, give a hand to support Machloikis, any Machloikis, is going to be violating Kodach V'chadosay. So what does this tell us? That the sin of Kodach and the community uh, was mainly that it was a Machloikis. It wasn't so much what they were arguing about. Rashi already says this. Rashi says that Moshe, by you hear this, by he fell on his face. And Moshe got scared, not because of Kodach disagreeing, fighting against him or against the Kodach but Rashi says, what was worried about fighting, quarreling. Also, the Medrash, when he explains the reason that Dos and Aviram were punished together with Kodach, he says, 
and he uses the language because they were neighbors. Lekras ba'machlokes to one of arguments. So the main thing, Koyrach's main issue was that he was a fighting for the person that fought. This is also fitting with the words of the beginning of the Torah. It begins with the words Vayikach Koyrach. What is Vayikach Koyrach? So you see, Koyrach. It's not what Koyrach did. Just he's an argumentative, a quarreling, a fighting person. That was Koyrach, fire personality. What were the first words? Vayikach. What does it mean? He took. What did it mean that Koyrach took? Targum tries He separated himself. And Rashi tells it, Nechlak Mishara Eidel He separates from the rest of the community and now he's supporting a fight. The rest of the community were all in the support of Moshe. He separated himself to go on to this quarrel. And actually, if you look at the name Koirach, which a name is usually represents what it is, and also the Sedris called Koirach comes from the language of korcha. Korcha means pulling out, bold spot. Uh, bold spot means separation, which means you separate the hair from the head and you tear out, you tear away. That's a uh, uh, language. The Rebbe in the note brings also, uh, there is a posik that says, Loi, don't make a bold spot. It also says, is going to do, Loi is going to do, is used not to make different groups, and that's next to the idea of Korcha. And the Rebbe brings down here from a Sefer that Koirach, together with the from the Parim Yofis, together with the word Ra, equals Machloikis. Machloikis is Koirach Ra. But in any event. So the Rebbe continues to say that we see separation, division, divisiveness, disagreements. That's no good because you see it from creation. There's no kitov. And the first day when the firmament was separated, created a separation, it wasn't good. The first machloikis that was created in the world, the separation was the firmament. And that's why on the second day it doesn't say kitov because there was the creating of machloikis. And yet, on the third day, it says two times kitov. One for the Malachas Hamayim of the day before in which there was the separation. And one was what Hashem created on Tuesday. Because then it was verified and it became good. Also that work, the Machloikis, the Mechitza, that Hashem created on the second day. Because instead of being separated, they joined together to a certain extent, which the Rebbe also brings down is with regards to the third thousand of the six thousand years, just like Yom HaShlishi of the week, Tuesday, the same thing in the third thousand, the third millennia of the world, which corresponds to the third day, that Matan Torah, which took place on the third millennia, when the decree became nullified, there was Shnaim, there was a separation, that separated the above and below, up to Matan Torah. And then we have the power for the upper ones to come down to the bottom and the bottom ones to come up to the top. So we can make a union, we can join the top to the bottom, the bottom to the top. And that we fixed that separation of the Rekia, which separates between the upper and the lower waters. That's why the Rebbe continues, we understand that every aspect of Machloikis from the Hispalik. Uh, and the Rebbe brings again from the Noyim Alamelech, who says the Hispalik Koirach is like this the, the, the Kia Mavdil that it separates, or in other places it's breaking down, it's similar to Der HaFlogo, they also were uh, separated uh, so that is also connected with the ferment that splits. And that's opposite of Torah. Torah is Yom HaShlishi, to make Sholem in the world. So, therefore, if you are Machloikis, you are fighting against Moshe. Because the Torah is called Zichru Torah's Moshe Avdi. Moshe's Rabbeinu's name is on the Torah. So, therefore, you're fighting against Moshe.
So, who is the essence of peace is Moshe Rabbeinu. But wait a minute, we all know that the description of Oyev Sholem Vereidev Sholem is a term that we use for Arim. And that's actually why uh, the Koyrach's war was with Arim, because Arim brought down the Raid of Sholem. So the main and the inner of Machlokes was against Moshe. Because why did Arim is the one that was doing the service? That says in Torah's Moshe, which is, is through, through, through Moshe. So while he argued on Arim, because Arim was the one, was the fulfillment of Moshe's Torah, but in essence his Machlokes was against Moshe, because he's about Machlokes and Moshe is an Ishol. The Rebbe explains it specifically. The idea of Sholem, of Torah, was accomplished by Moshe. So it's really Moshe, not Adam, Sholem. But since Moshe himself was higher from worldly matters, Moshe couldn't bring down his level of Sholem into the world. So the way Sholem was materialized, realized, was through Adam. He descended to the creations and he brought them close and he raised them to the Torah which all the passageways are shown so it turns out that according to this Rebbe wants to say the the essence of the existence of which is Koirach Korcho opposes Moshe and the act this is not Koyrach, what Koyrach did, the actually Machloikas, this leading the actual Machloikas, the Mispalik Lahazi Machloikas, that opposes Aaron. Aaron brings in the Shalom. Koyrach was fighting against that Shalom he brings in. But what he stood for, he stood against Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu was a man of peace, and he was a man of Machloikas. And this is the inner reasoning why when Koyrach was arguing on the Kuna of Aaron, it actually brought about his fight against Moshe. We, it, this, 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 this snowballed into a fight against Moshe. Because, as brought down before from the Medrash, that after asking Moshe the question about the talus, which has all of Tchelis, uh, and a house with full of him, and he wanted to go and fight against Aaron, what did it come out that, what did he end up saying? He said to Moshe, no, you didn't warn told, these things you made up on your own. So he turned out, it's his machlokas with Aaron brought about his essence, his real problem, that he had a problem with Moshe because he was about machlokas, which opposed him. Since the argument in actuality against Aaron who is the one that did what Moshe Rabbeinu said. He realized and he fulfilled Moshe's Rabbeinu and, uh, and in inside and in truth, he had an opposition to Moshe. So therefore, his disagreement of Aaron, who was the result of his inner Machlokes of Moshe, that went and brought it openly. So while he said, so in other words, when he fought against Aaron, oh, now we can really tell what's really bothering him. He's really bothered by Moshe. Eventually it came out openly because since Aaron is a consequence of Moshe Rabbeinu, which means that Moshe Rabbeinu tells Aaron what to do, and he's fighting on Aaron, but really now we see what he's really fighting against Moshe because that's why it comes out. So, it turns out that really, always, what you have in mind first ends up coming out later on. So he starts off with his machlokes on Adam. That was really in his mind. That was machshavet chila. Just like when he wanted to really fight at the kahuna, he had to start off with other things. He really wanted to fight the kahuna, but he starts off with the techeles, with the mezuzah, and then he comes to Aaron, because he really 
So, the same thing is, his machloikis on Moshe, which was the inner reason for his machloikis on Aaron, that came out of the end. But he really, he opposed Moshe Rabbeinu. Now we understand why did Shuvah from the community of Kairach consist in saying Moshe Emes. That is, uh, Moshe is true. In order for us to know for sure that his Teshuvah is, is, is proper, is, 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 is upright, and that you're not going to do it again, the sin, so that using the Lush of Tanya, Shem will testify, you're not going to do it again. You can't just deal with the consequence, you've got to deal with the cause. You need to uproot the root of his sin. Since that the Machloikas of Korach and his community and Aaron came because of their inner disagreement on Moshe and his teaching, so therefore, who was Sholem? And he opposed that. Therefore, his main shuva consisted in saying, Moshe, Moshe is true because he actually essentially waged war against Moshe Rabbeinu also. That was actually the inner war. So what came out later on, so he starts off with the tefillah, it starts off with the mezuzah, it starts with Sefer Torah, starts off with Aaron, but then it's really against Moshe. And that's why when we do the tshuva, you got to start with the cause, not with the consequences, because we want to make sure that you're not going to do it again. So, since we're saying that the machloikas of Kedach and Aaron and his group and Aaron was a consequence, it was a result of the machloikas of Moshe and his Torah, so therefore we can also say that also their machloikas on tzitzis and mezuzah was not a side point. It wasn't just to try to prove from something else, just like, as the Gurari said, just like a house which is full of smarter, and a talus which has, uh, is made out of uh, the tcheles. Don't need a mezuzah, and don't need a strand of tcheles, according to his mind. So the Yidin also, who are holy, don't need the Kedushas Arim, but it's actually the same idea, which means his argument on Moshe and his teaching um, is actually that when it comes out, Moshe Rabbein is teaching, when it comes out, it brings somebody like Kodach to disagree on three things. On Aaron, Tzitzis, and Mezuzah. That's the word Emes. is Aaron, Mezuzah, and Tchedas. Tzitzis. Moshe Emes. And since these three matters are the uh, different ways how Machloikis of Kerach comes out, so therefore it makes sense logically to say that in the word Kerach, it's hinted not only the general concept Machloikis, Kerach means Korcha, ripping out, which means Machloikis, but also those matters in which the Machloikis comes out in actuality. The difference is only the general Machloikis is hinted in the general name, Koirach. And in this word, in the three details, in the letters, the three letters, each letter shows something different. We're going to explain. During Matan Torah, what was accomplished? That the Torah came below. In this world, the Torah before was above. It shattered that machloikis, that mechitza, that partition between the uppers and the lower ones, as it said in Sivdalat. And then this world became as it should. As the sages tell us on the verse, Yoim Hashishi, that it's because of the sixth day of creation that the world was standing in, uh, in limbo until the Torah, until that's why the Hashishi, the hay there. So it's Verify, solidified. The world was shaking till then, at its shakoto, that it became silent, it settled on the hay. So, since Vispali Kodach, he wanted to do the opposite of Shalom, opposite of the Torah, he wanted Machloikis, so he touched and he sort of aroused to bring back those Mechitzes and the Gezeras which were before Matan Torah. So that means that he wanted to change as it was 
uh, accomplish that novelty in this world. So he wanted to change the relationship of what took place with Torah in the world. And that is hinted in the three letters of the word Koirach, Kuf, Rejim, Ches. The Olam Hazeh is created and is equated to the letter Hey. It says, Biyut Kei Nivra, Olam Hazeh is Nivra Bikei, with the Hey, with the letter Hey. And we'll see soon as the image of the Hey. And since Koirach wants to change Olam Hazeh, this world, so therefore the ways of the changes are hinted in the three letters, Kuf, Rejim, Ches, which are similar in their shape to the letter Hey, but there's a little change as we will continue. In a hay, there are three lines. There's a line above, and there's two lines, one for the right and one for the left. So in the Kabbalah and the Hasidus, it explains that the line that is on top and the right, they represent machshava, thought, and dibur, and speech. And the line to the left, that represents action. The line of the left is not connected to the other two lines, so the top and the right are connected and the line is not connected to the left because between thought and speech and action there is an interruption there is, doesn't come between thought and speech thought and speech are connected then there's an interruption then there's mice and the change from the three letters the kuf, rej, and the ches relative to the hay mainly consists in the left leg which represents mice and the letter kuf the left leg is very long in the Reish, it doesn't exist at all, a left leg. And in the Ches, it's connected with the other two lines. So what is the explanation? In the connection from the upper and the lower that has become renewed during Matan Torah, there are two uh, movements, two ways to do it. There's two ways to connect the upper level with the lower level. It requires the work of the lower ones the action is the main thing, as explained in Tanya. So, in the uh, work with Tanya, the main thing is, is action. As explained in, uh, at length in Tanya, that the Dira Betachtoinim is accomplished mainly not so much through the study of Torah in thought and speech, but through the observance of the mitzvahs in action. And similar is the action in the hand, the power of doing. There is an advantage in the uh, sorting out of the world of optional matters, and then to do with them a mitzvah relative to this which you are going to accomplish by doing a mitzvah, something which is ready. So in other words, if you take something which is not holy yet, which is just ordinary, and you make it holy, there's a greater accomplishment than you're making more a lower level than something that already has a mitzvah. Uh, that, if it already has a mitzvah, then you're not so much involving the physicality of those matters. Specifically, when you're doing work with optional matters, or when all of your actions are the persons, it's your own ways, you're doing your own thing, then you have you know Hashem, so then you sort out and then you refine the lowest level, because it's not even a mitzvah, it's nothing. And you're just taking your ordinary day-to-day stuff and you're bringing it into making the ayu for Hashem. This is in general the advantage of people who occupy themselves in work and business over those who sit and study. Because specifically by them, we have the verse that says, I find you in the outside. But on the other hand, so on one hand, we want to work with the bottom. But on the other hand, those that are on the lower level need to be connected with the upper level and there is two ways to connect the lower with the upper. Either by number one, that the story study of the upper ones not, needs to come down into the sorting out and into the fulfillment of the mitzvahs, the tachtonim. So the Torah needs to come down to the tachtonim and lead with them. That means when you're going to do a mitzvah, you have to make sure that you do it according to the details of the halachas, that you learned before in the Torah. That means the Torah should conduct your Misa. Because if you're not going to be controlling that your deeds should fit according to the Torah, then it's possible that the mitzvah should turn out to be something which is opposite of a mitzvah. So you have to have the Torah in your mitzvah because you need to know that what you're doing is the right thing. Especially when we talk about 
dealing with optional matters, it has to be in such a way that it shouldn't really be conflicting to Shurim that you have to have in Limitat Torah, study Torah, based on what Latilchas Tamatari gets. So, what are you going to say? Oh, I'm making a place for Hashem. I'm playing ball now. Well, okay. That's okay if you can play ball. But if you have to sit and learn Torah at that time, I mean, so you have to make sure that the Torah controls your action. That means, the Torah takes charge of what you do in the Maisel. Number two, means that it's not sufficient that the Tachtonim are being led by the Yonim, that they lower themselves to their level, but it also is a requirement that the Tachtonim, they should stand with a thirst. They, want, they should want to go up to the Yonim. Which means, why should the Tachtonim want to go up to the Yonim? But they are the ones that are doing the Dirbet Tachtonim. Let it be true that the Maise is Iker, that the one whose business, occupied in business, has to know, however, that he's on the lower part, that he's Lamata, and therefore he needs to want to be going up. And that desire needs to be with a full force, with a strong force, to the extent it has to be so much so that from time to time it actually manifests an actuality. It represents, it's translated into action. He tears himself away from his business and he conducts himself as a business person. That's the way to connect the Tachtan with the Elder. These three matters. Number one, that we need the level below. That's number one. It needs to be. And you need to be led by the one who's on top. And that the lower one Third, number three, should want to go up. They are hinted in the letter A. Number one, the left leg, which shows, represents action. Is there exists? There has to be action. So there has to be. Number two, it doesn't go beyond the right leg, which means that he's only there where there is the right legs, where the where they go down to, it doesn't go lower. He doesn't go too low more than the measure. And number three, there is an interruption between the left with the upper one and the right one uh, from the left leg, which shows on thought and speech of Torah, which means that the person always feels that I am a little bit ripped away from Torah, and you always want to go up above. So there is, there is Maisa, there is a limit how far the Maisa goes, and the Maisa always feels that it's still not on the top, it's still away from the top. And this is the explanation of the letters of Koirach from the Loshan Korcha. He disagrees on the union of the upper and the lower. Kuf, the letters are Reish and Ches. Because these three letters express the three ways that are opposed to this connection of the upper and the lower. The Kuf, whose left leg goes very low, in a place where the right leg doesn't go, that expresses the opposition and is opposite of the upper ones go down to the lower ones in Kedusha. The which means because it's going, it's it's not going down to Tachtonim, it's going down to Klippa, it's going down to further. The Reish doesn't have a, at all a left leg that opposes the level of Maise. And that is certainly opposes the main, the Maise is the Iker. And the Ches, whose left leg is connected with the upper and and the right leg, that shows the argument that a Balaisik, that he's just as important as the one who is studying Torah, that is opposes and that is opposite of the lower ones who go up to the upper ones of Kedusha, which means that they have to yearn to go up top. These matters of the Machlokes of Kerech, which are hinted in these three letters, express themselves in disagreeing on the Kuhun of Arim, on Mezuzah and Eftchelas. Their Kuf is his Machlokes 
on Techelis, on the Garden. The Reish is his Machloikis on Mezuzah. And the Ches is his obligation to Ari. Rebbe explains as follows. A Koyin is separated from worldly matters and only occupies himself with holy matters. Especially a Koyin like Ari, a Koyin Godel. He has to be always in Kedusha. Since every Yid needs to do all types of services, so the river, therefore there is a requirement from everyone, even from a very simple, uh, total simple person, that occasionally, time of one, uh, once, once, once upon a time, he should turn himself away from the worldly matters and he should become similar to a Koyan, similar to Koyan God. Everybody needs to become a Kohen Gozman. So, this is Kohen's argument, because, and that's hinted in the level of Ches, since Kolei the Kulom, all of the community, whether you're Isaac from Shem Shemayim, not in learning, they're all Kedoshim, and B'toich Hashem, Hashem is there, which means Hashem Avayi comes down, Shem Ha'etzem, is a Maiseh, as it's known that in spiritual matters there's only revelation, but the atzmus comes only in Maisa and through the... So they're saying Hashem, very similar to what the Rebbe writes in the Sikha Beis in, in Korach. Why are you talking about why is the Kohen Gadol so great? So, that brings the second meaning. Why should all the community need to raise? Why should we need to be Kohen Gadol? They are as important as they're as high as the Kohen Godel. And Betoich which means the Ches says, why should I feel myself lower than the Machshav Adibur or the Tamachacham? He says, I am connected. Just like they're good, I'm connected. I'm in the same level. That represents by the level of Ches. What is the Kuf and the Reish to the Machlekes of Tchelis and Mezuzah? Talis is the concept of Makif, which comes through mitzvahs. Mitzvahs bring around the surrounding life. And tzitzis represents the pnimius, which comes through the study of Torah. Or similarly, through love and fear of Hashem. And this was Korach's argument. Let us say, even a talus, which means when you do mitzvahs, generally, needs to tzitzis, needs Torah, needs Abba because without learning, you're not going to know how to fulfill the mitzvah. And similarly, without really serving Hashem with your inner, with Abba V'yira, so the mitzvahs will be just very materialistic. But talis, if the talis, the observance in the mitzvahs, is absorbed, it's fully encompassed. Chelis means it's totally subjugated and it's yearning that by him, it is lighting the shine of the neshama through his simple belief and accepting of the yoke. So Koyrach argued, then the talis should be exempt from tzitzis. Why do we need Abba Vihira? Just doing it with acceptance of the yoke of Hashem. And when Moshe answered him that still you need, in such a case, tzitzis, so Koyrach, based on Moshe's answer, argued, oh, since that also a talis, which is fully tchelis, is obligated in tzitzis, that means that the main thing is that you need inner service. So in that case, a bayis malisvarim, which is already full with Torah, for sure there should be enough that there's Torah. Why do we need a mezuzah? Why do we need kima mitzvah? Why should there be? So it turns out that his opposition of tzitzis, tchelis, is similar to the love, the letter Kuf, and um, and that's we're talking to the Eish the letter Eish. According to the above, we'll also understand that after the Moshe answered him that the talis is fully tchelis obligated with tzitzis. He still asked him about the house full of svarim, even though it's a similar idea, because on the contrary, his answer that Yechayim B'tzitzis, this gave him the basis to argue that Abai Smolot Svarim should be potter from Mezuzah, because now we have the Torah, is full of Torah. Why do we also need Ava V'yirah? 
Now we also understand why he started with asking Talos Chalos and not with the house of Molis Forim, because in addition that the question about Molis Forim was only came up after Moshe answered Chalos Mitzitzis, as I mentioned before, the argument that by Molis Forim should be exempt from mezuzah doesn't have a connection to his machloikis on the kunas ara. On the contrary, the, the argument that it should be potter from mezuzah brings about the advantage of the El Yenim. And he wanted his machloikis and kunas arim, he emphasized the advance of the And that's why he needed to prove it from Tal Shekulot Chelas that it's potter from Tzitzis, because that argument shows the Maila from Maisa. I said before, the Torah only tells us about machloikis of the kunas arim. Even in the oral Torah, Torah Shabbat who tells us the story of Tzitzis, Mezuzah, it's mashma from the simple that this is was just an introduction to his argument Maduot Nasu as far as Kunas Harim. So therefore, we understood that the Machloikis and Kunas Harim, which is similar to the Ches, is worse than the Machloikis and Tzitzim Mezuzah, which are similar to the Kuf and the Reish. And the reason is that when a person is in physical matters, he knows that he's low, and therefore he'll do Chua. The same thing is. So if he's down, if he's kuf, he's in a rage. If he is also in spiritual rage, even though he doesn't feel his loneliness, but since he knows that the main thing is to fulfill the mitzvahs physically, he's going to catch himself up, he'll see his mistake, he'll do tshuva. But when a person convinces himself, I'm good, I'm okay, he's just as important as the Kohen God, I'm connected. And B'toychem Hashem, he says that he's even greater. So then he can remain by his mistake. So in other words, your obvious mistakes, you'll do tshuva. But your real mistake, thinking of yourself as a ches, that's problematic. And even though he might be actually right, because when he does physical things, l'shem shemayim, he's actually accomplishing the intent of the dirbet more than the person who never leaves the Beis Hamikdash. So Moshe answered and said that the advantage of the service of the Arnon Kohen Godel of the Avoida is like the advantage of light over darkness. Let it be true that you are fulfilling the Kavona, but you are nevertheless in a very double and quadruple darkness from physicality of the world. And therefore you need to raise yourself to Boiker from Aaron Kohen Godin. As the instruction of the mission in this fourth chapter of Ovis, which we learned many years in Shabbos Pashas Koyach, that even the one who is occupying an Asik, Notwithstanding on his advantage, should take away time from learning, from business, and use the time to learn Torah like a Yeshua. This is Shabbos, Shabbos, Parshish Toshach of Dal, Toshach of Zion.